Hey gang, Wonder Rob here. And Shop's here too. This podcast is part of the Geek So To Speak network. Visit GeekSoToSpeak.com for our full podcast lineup. Captain Shop's Log. Stardate 100020.75. This week, another universe amongst the stars not dissimilar from our own has been plagued with toxicity from intolerant would-be fans whose hate speech has left innocent lives affected and in pain. Let it be known that here on the USS Treknological, Captain Vactor and I celebrate diversity and honor all that makes us different just as much as what makes us the same. Star Trek inspires hope for the future, a great future, and we intend to make it so. Welcome back, Trekkies, to Treknological. This is Mission 15, and we are going to be talking about Strange New Worlds, Season 1, Episode 5. The episode is called Spock Amok. I am Captain Schaff, and I am uh, a co-captain on the USS Treknological. With me, uh, every step of the way, boldly going on this mission together, is my co-captain, Vactor. How are you, Vactor? I'm doing very well. I just, uh, don't mind me, Shav. I just put a triple in my bag, so we'll just save that for later. <laughs> we will definitely come back to that. Yeah. <laughs> that it sounds like a hairy situation. Uh, <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking some time out to listen to our podcast. Uh, we are a Star Trek shakedown. So what that means is that uh, each week, we meet up and we talk about Trek news. We talk about what's happening in Star Trek in general. And of course, we follow up with an episodic discussion. Uh, we are, are knee deep in uh, Strange New Worlds. We are on the fifth episode of the season. So we're at the halfway point of the show. Um, and, uh, and so we're going to talk all about this episode, Spock Amok. Uh, we are part of a podcast network. Uh, Geek So To Speak podcast network. And uh, this podcast network has a few different shows for your listening pleasure. Of course, uh, the granddaddy, the zaddy, as I like to call him, uh, Geek So To Speak is our parent podcast. That podcast is on a currently on a hiatus right now. Uh, it just hit 200 episodes. Uh, so please uh, give that uh, a listen and then uh, stay tuned because uh, in the fall, uh, we're taking a, a well-deserved break, but myself, uh, my co-captain Vactor, and also our our dear best friend Wonder Rob, the three of us co-host that show, Geek, so to speak. And so we're taking a short break. Um, if you do, if you're new to the podcast and don't know, uh, we're a couple of hardworking dads. I actually have a newborn. Well, a new ish born. Uh, she's a month old. Her name is Sage. 
Um, and, uh, and she keeps me pretty busy in addition to my toddler who is almost two and will be in July. So, uh, my hands are full at my house and so it's hard to manage a couple of podcasts. It's, it's, so I'm just kind of taking a, a slight break and, and, uh, Vactor and Wonder Rob have been gracious with that. So we appreciate it. But in addition to geek, so to speak, there is a video game podcast that Vactor and Wonder Rob are co-hosts on in addition to a very angry Jeff W. And that podcast is called the Sandbox Gamers podcast. So um, I have to say, I've listened to a few different video game podcasts, and I know I'm biased, but I happen to love Sandbox Gamers. So kudos to Vactor and and company for for putting together a really excellent video game podcast. Thank you, Shaw. Absolutely. Absolutely. Got to share the love. Got to share the love. There's too much hate in the world. Got to share some some more love. Uh, And then as well, Vactor being the MVP that he is, and somehow finding the time for all of this podcasting uh, because he's also a dad. Um, how old is, is Ezra now? He's 14 months. 14 months. Yeah. He's running around. He loves water. It looks like Oh uh, yeah, he's, yeah. I feel like he's just like regularly splat on a splash pad or in the pool. <laughs> this is a hundred percent correct. That is his current favorite state to be in is, is wet. He's an aquatic baby. <laughs> Which is perfect because the weather in Arizona is uh, triple digits as of this week. Yes. So, yuck. A dry heat. Yuck. That's a dry heat. <laughs> uh, but Vactor is also the uh, co-host of We Love Comics, yeah. which is a, a love letter to comic books. And uh, he's got a couple different versions of the of the podcast. He's got a pull list, which is going to be uh, sort of a weekly look and dive into new comics as well as older comics that are new to them. He uh, co-hosts this podcast with Marcus Seabury. Seabury uh, is a lot of fun. And then uh, also there's a giant size podcast uh, that they do. Uh, is that a monthly thing? Yeah, we're kind of playing around with bi-weekly or monthly, um, but... I'm also adding uh, friends wherever I can. Actually, we have um, an episode that we're recording tomorrow with uh, my pal Jorfi, and we're going to be talking all about the current Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics. So stay tuned oh, for that okay. one. Okay, very cool. Are uh, you guys going to talk about Last Ronin? I think so. I think we're going to do the current book that's running right now and then any side stories. So yeah, Last Ronin would definitely fall in that category. Now, real quick, I know this is not Star Trek related, but I just have a question about, so the TMNT uh, issues, correct me if I'm wrong, but they've been, it's a pretty long running series. Yeah. I want to say they're on a hundred and they're, they're past a hundred. Let's put it that way. Um, Yeah. And yeah, Jorfi has read all of them. I am playing catch up as usual, um, but I'm trying (laughs) to get, I, uh, Turtles has been something that I've loved for a, a large portion of my life. So the comics I heard have been very good lately. So Jorfi's going to tell me all about that. I love the new run of TMNT. Um, I'm not going to get into spoilers, but I love what they do with the history of the Turtles Ooh. and and the nature of... of uh, like reincarnation is a factor into this series. So it's, it's really, really cool. Really, really nice. cool. Um, but yeah, so moving back to, to Star Trek stuff. So if you like comic books, we love comics is what you're going to want to look for. Um, various social media, of course, anywhere you get your podcast. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, so lots of stuff to listen to, of course, and always Treknological, which brings you uh, a Star Trek shakedown. Yeah. So we hope that you're subscribing to us. If you haven't already done so, please hit the subscribe button or the follow button, whatever you're using for your podcast catcher. Um, and then, uh, you know, if you get a chance to rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that would be awesome. Uh, we, from time to time, will do uh, Q&As on Spotify. So that's a really cool platform to go ahead and, and interact with us and engage with us. And I've been trying to be consistent on Spotify as of late to ask questions. So we really encourage you, if you use that platform, uh, to go ahead and, and answer uh, the Q&A. Sometimes I do polls. I'll do questions about the episodes, maybe ask you who your favorite captain is or your favorite episode or something like that. So uh, it's really your chance to, to talk to us. Um, in a text format, um, and uh, and we can get to know you. Additionally, if you want to talk to us in a, a an audio format and literally use your voice, um, uh, we will feature that voice on the podcast. So the way that we do that is there's a link at the in the episode notes at the way bottom for Anchor, which is our podcast platform. And uh, you can record in basically kind of like a voicemail to us and then we'll get that and then we'll play it on the podcast and we can respond to any questions you have. Or if you just want to give us a big old galactic pat on the back, we'll take that too. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, with that in mind, we're going to go ahead and set a course for the nearest planet, Maximum Warp. I sir. Course laid in. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Captain Vactor, meet me in the transporter room where we'll beam down to the planet's surface to search for some Trek news. Aye, sir, on my way. Two to beam down. All right, let's scan the planet's surface for any sign of Trek news. Aha! I found some Trek news, Captain Shaw. Oh, yeah! <laughs> what kind of stories did you find? Well, Strange New Worlds, um, as we have been reviewing, has a wonderful captain in Anson Mount. And there's a, a lovely story about how Anson Mount's Captain Pike redefines masculinity, Shoff. Ooh. Um, so that's an interesting read over there. Uh, we also have some toxicity in the air, Shoff. Um, yeah. There's been some, uh, now we always, we like, you and I both um, have a love for both sides of the galaxy, uh, far, far away, and in our current galaxy that we talk about Trek, uh, but the one far, far away uh, has had some very toxic fandom lately. Uh, there was a new racist um, backlash to a black character. On, mm -hmm. on the Obi-Wan show. Um, the This is something that I have been noticing, especially in the newest era, in the current era of Star Wars, um, after the... Um, I would say, after the Trump presidency and the, the sequel era of Star Wars, I started to see a lot more um, backlash amongst the fandom of Star mm. Wars. Um, and in particular, this one is uh, the actress Moses Ingram. Um, she was the one who was receiving a lot of racist DMs 
and she brought it up, and it was interesting that Star Wars, just the the entity of Lucasfilm and Star Wars, actually responded and said that they stand with her. Um, we had even o- Obi Wan himself, Ewan McGregor, putting out a message, um, but there was a lot of the collective Star Wars actually making a statement. Usually they're kind of silent on these type of things. Um, I remember back when Gina Carano had her whole falling out with Disney and um, making her statements very public and being fired. Um, But Star Wars fans actually started to call out Disney for defending Moses Ingram, but firing Gina Carano. Um, So we have an article on that. And then also Star Trek and Strange New Worlds, Anson Mount, beautifully united with Star Wars in opposition of Moses Ingram's treatment online. Um, And our old pal, Shaw, Captain (laughs) Kirk himself, William Shatner, had a message for toxic Star Wars fans. So... All of those yeah. articles can be found in our show notes. Yeah, and uh, real quick, uh, just to comment on on everything. First, I have a question for you, Vactor. Yes. So, um, the character, uh, or I'm sorry, the actress Moses Ingram. She yes. plays Reva, yes. uh, the third sister. She's one of the Inquisitors on the Obi Wan Kenobi show. Now, I know that the Inquisitors are not a new concept. Like the, they're the, these are uh, definitely characters from. Rebels. Yes. Were they also in Clone Wars? Um, they they made their first appearance in Rebels, and it was it's kind of weird because Clone Wars took a break where okay. they had stopped for a couple of years. Rebels happened, and then the final seasons of of Clone Wars came back because they they had gotten canceled, and then there was all this fan uproar about it, and then they brought it back. So Clone Wars kind of got divided up in that period. But like I said, Rebels is where they made their first appearance. I see. Um, So by the time Clone Wars came back, it was already um, after. Rebels takes place after Clone Wars. So when they came back, the Inquisitors were a thing, but it it was already in the timeline. They hadn't existed yet. So Okay, So, so here's my thing. So like... Uh, obviously the Inquisitors have existed previously in the Star Wars universe yes. prior to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Was the third sister, specifically Reva, was she already featured in Rebels or is she a new character within the realm of the Inquisitors? She's a new character. Then the only other okay. place we've seen her was, um, or we've seen the, the Inquisitors was in the video games and the comic books. Okay. So to me, and I, again, this is just my personal opinion the fandom being toxic about casting a black actress uh, in this role based on it being a new character and not a pre-existing one where they might have like a visual in their head that says this person has to be a white chick or whatever is ridiculous. Like that just makes it even worse. Right. Um, Because, and I'm not condoning racism in any form, but if, if, if we were all expecting to see one thing, just because there's already previously existing visual content that mm-hmm. shows it and we got something else, then yeah, fandom's going to be upset. That's a pretty standard thing. Right. Um, but when you have a situation where it's a completely original character, that's an inquisitor, there's no rules. 
And then it just becomes literally a racist thing. You just don't want to see, first of all, maybe a female. Yeah. And maybe you don't want to see a a black female Mm -hmm. at that in your star in your star Wars. And that's ridiculous. And that is ridiculous. So, uh, Anson Mount, uh, went on to, uh, Instagram and he posted a picture of her, a really beautiful, um, uh, photograph of her. And he said, this is Moses Ingram. She's a singular talent and a recent addition to the star Wars universe. She has also been targeted by racists pretending to be fans because her mere existence threatened a skewed dystopian fantasy that selectively omits the likes of um, any he, he tagged Billy D. Williams and others. Um, and he says, we, the Trek family have her back. Uh, and I think that that's so awesome. I mean, we talked a moment ago about that. He's redefining masculinity right there again. Perfect example. Anson Mount for president. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will, I will write in Anson Mount on the 2024 <laughs> ballot. <laughs> Got my vote. <laughs> so uh i just think that's so fantastic and then uh, as we mentioned william shatner he also had a message his wasn't necessarily as eloquent <laughs> uh but he definitely was he made a point he said toxicity in fandoms needs to go now uh and i think that's accurate now and yeah. I, what i wanted to kind of brief before we get into an episode discussion i just wanted to take a moment and just sort of kind of compare the fandoms of Star Wars and Star Trek, because I was trying to look back and I was trying to think to moments in the Star Trek fandom where Star Trek fans have been equally racist or, you know, challenging uh, Star Trek's attempt at diversity or inclusion. And the only thing I could really come up with that was semi-recent is when they brought on uh, Sonequa Martin Green or whatever her, I can't remember her full name, but she plays uh, Michael Burnham on, on discovery. Right. And she was brought on as, as not a captain, but a commander. Um, and then also they had Michelle Yeoh, uh, as, uh, Philippa Giorgio and she was a captain and they had issues with female captain. They had issues with an Asian character. They had issues with a, a, a black actress playing, uh, you know, on the bridge or whatever. And, and discovery is really all wrapped around Michael Burnham. Like this is the, that's the first Star Trek show to really focus its efforts around a non-captain. Um, so it was unique in that respect, but people had a really uh, not, I don't, I don't want to say everybody, but there definitely was a toxic fan base, uh, a portion of the Star Trek fans that were in absolute opposition of her, but that's really the most recent time that I can think of. And, and with that in mind, it's uh, discovery has been on the air for they're in, they're going to be starting their fifth season. So, um, I, I just, it, it's frustrating to me to watch all of this go down. Like you think we're so evolved. You think 2022, right. We've we're in a different place. We're more tolerant of each other and we're not, we're, we're just as bad. We just hide it better or not. Or honestly, we're maybe we just hide behind our computer, our keyboards and feel so much more empowered to, to be nasty to each other. And I think it's awful. And, um, uh, you know, when the, you see what, what 
people did to uh, Kelly Marie Tran, oh, yeah. who played Rose Tico. Right. And they forced her off social media. Like she felt so bombarded by hate that she left the platforms altogether. Right. Um, I don't really like John Boyega in general as a person. Um, I think he's a little outspoken and overtly political, but he definitely brought up some good points with how they sidelined Finn in star Wars. Um, and, uh, and I think, I just think star Wars has some, like they're trying to right some wrongs with their, with their castings and their mm-hmm. characters, but their fans are really what's standing in their way. Yeah. And it's interesting. Like I said, I didn't notice this growing up. I never noticed star Star Wars fans having any type of a backlash against Billy D. Williams or anyone else of different race. Um, and it's only in this sequel era that I started to notice it. I don't know if they just became more outspoken. I'm sure they were always there, but it just always felt like the fandom of Star Wars was a, a tight knit community and they always had each other's back. But now it's, I'm just, I look up, I look out at these type of instances and it just seems very strange and foreign to me to see this type of hatred. But also, I guess, you know what? Now that I think about it, it was before really the onset of social media and people having a platform to say these things that yeah. might be another uh thing as well that might just they've been given a platform now they can say what you know say what they want to and and be heard um so that also might be putting a spotlight on them but yeah it's it's very interesting i'm i'm glad that uh Moses Ingram said something and spoke up about it instead of just being quiet and you know, all right, here's my DMs. People are being racist. I'll just ignore it that she actually stood up and, and pointed a spotlight on it. And I'm glad to see all of the support that she's received from both Star Wars and Star Trek. And um, Anson Mount, like you said, being a great uh, guy there as well. So I, I'm really happy for that side of it. But really, you know, we shouldn't even have to get to that point um, where we have to call it out and and say that we're all in support of her because we shouldn't be having that that type of hatred, um, you know, even in the world in in general. Yeah. But that's what I like about Star Trek, is it's a a utopian society, and it also and this is something that when I first started watching Strange New Worlds, it was something that um, stood out to me. It makes me want to be a better person. It makes me want to live in that world, live in that utopia, and um, kind of you feel like there is no racism, there is no hatred amongst um, anyone in Star Trek. So in that fictional world, we find something that we can aspire to, and right. hopefully we can all become better people because of it. So I'm, I'm glad to, to be in the Star Trek universe. Oh, me too. Me too. And the other thing I wanted to say real briefly before we move on is the article that we, we have in our show notes talking about fans, Star Trek, uh, Star Wars fans, excuse me, calling out Disney for defending Ingram, but firing Carano. Um, this is an absolutely bonkers 
thing because they're completely different situations. Right. For Gina Carano, who plays Cara Dune in, uh, uh, on the Mandalorian show, she posted on her social media, some things that were anti-Semitic. They were, uh, they were derogatory and prejudiced comments that maybe were taken in, taken in the wrong context but they definitely were hurtful things and she and she posted them on social media and disney has the responsibility to protect their reputation because that type of stuff is reputational risk if disney does not respond to that then it shows that they're in alignment or are okay with these messages being put out so disney did the right thing i don't think it's right to cancel her as a person because nobody's perfect. If we all took a real hard look at our social media posts from 10 years ago, I'm sure we all would find things that we were like embarrassed about that were maybe a little bit off color. We've all come a long way and we all have a long way to go. So I don't think canceling is the answer, but I definitely think that Disney needed to protect their own reputation and not um, align with anti-Semitic comments. So by firing her, that was the right thing to do for their company, for their business. But why would Disney not defend one of their own from hate speech from fans? Like, <laughs> it's not the same thing. It's not like Moses is going on there and saying, I hate all white people. Right. That's not the, what's happening. It's fans are going to her and saying, we hate you because you're black. Yeah. So why the heck would this be a situation where Disney would not come to their aid? Of course, Disney would defend their, uh, first of all, their casting decision because Disney was the one who cast her in this role. So clearly they were okay with this from the start. Clearly they wanted this. So all that whole article is absolutely bonkers to me that, that star star Wars fans are trying to, highlight a hypocrisy that is not even a thing. So, uh, irritating, very irritating. Yeah. I I find that strange as well. So, um, the other bit of, uh, Star Trek news, uh, that was, will be available in the show notes is, uh, some Star Trek Picard news. Uh, there's some information about the potential, uh, some details about the villain of season three. Um, and also some information about how, uh, the events of the finale, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody who doesn't know, uh, but uh, events of the finale have affected one of the, the popular alien species uh, from the Next Generation uh, group. So if you want to know more about that, check out our show notes. Um, but with that, uh, we are going to uh, transmit those news articles to our show notes for our listeners and continue our weekly mission with our episode discussion. So, we are covering Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Season 1, Episode 5, Spock Amuck. And uh, just for those that aren't really familiar with the term amuck, uh, amuck is basically uh, in a violently raging, wild, or uncontrolled manner. So, usually um, it's used in context with like run amuck, which means behave uncontrollably and disruptively. Uh, commonly used when talking about kids, they're running amok. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, this is a play on uh, Amok Time, which is an episode of the original series involving Spock as well. Um, so that's kind of where this is coming from. Uh, but with that in mind, the synopsis of the episode is as follows. It's a comedy of manners 
when Spock has a personal visit in the middle of Spock and Captain Pike's crucial negotiations with an unusual alien species. So, um, so yeah, so this is the halfway point of the season. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to get it out of the way. I did not love this episode. I felt like this was not as strong an episode by comparison to the other ones, or at least to me, it wasn't as interesting, but Mm. it wasn't a bad episode to me. It just, like, it's, I think it's really hard to follow episode four, (laughs) in my opinion. I think that, um, the events of Memento Mori, I think is, uh, was the uh, episode four's mm-hmm. title. I think that's going to be, it's a hard one to top. And so this next episode needed to be a very stark contrast in its tone, in its message and in its setting. And I, Vactor, I, I'm, I'm going to say it. I called it. <laughs> I predicted that this episode would be a shore leave episode. Did I not? Last week on the podcast, I said, I believe that this episode, episode five, will probably be a shore leave episode because of the damage done to the Enterprise uh, in the yes. events of, of episode four. And sure right. enough, that's exactly what this is. Um, most of the crew is given shore leave. Some decide to stay on and do some things and and other things happen Um some still have some responsibilities. So, uh, so I freaking called it. I know my star Trek. Uh, so I, I didn't love this episode. I didn't hate it. I liked it. There were funny parts, uh, on Will, Will Wheaton's, uh, ready room. He was gushing about how funny it was, but I'm going to say, I don't necessarily agree that it was like, I'm lo- I'm like falling out of my chair laughing. There right. was just some funny moments where I chuckled a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it was hijinks. So yeah. Hijinks. Yes. Very good <laughs> to quote, uh, to, to prank, I yeah. think is the one you uh-huh. said. Uh, so Vactor, what did you think of the episode first and foremost, before we get into the details? Yeah, I think I'm a little bit higher on this one than you are. Um, it wasn't also was not one of my favorite or not wasn't my favorite of the series, but um, I enjoyed the hijinks and the Freaky Friday body swap <laughs> um, stuff. All of that was was fun, and I just took it up as, oh, yeah, another fun episode. All right, on to the next one. So it was a light and fluffy episode. Yeah, which I think was the appropriate tone to do following uh, the events of the Gorn attack in right. uh, episode four. Right. Um, so let's kind of catch up with the characters and what they're doing in this episode. So let's start with, um, let's start with number one and La'an, Nuni, and Singh. So uh, they're, uh, they decide to stay back on the Enterprise. They find out that uh, apparently number one has a reputation or at least a nickname of being quote unquote, where fun goes to die. <laughs> <laughs> So she's, uh, and you know what? That kind of fits the bill because we've talked previously on the podcast about Rebecca Romaine's, uh, her portrayal mm-hmm. of number one, just being a little bit wooden. Yeah. And it, it kind of, maybe she's doing this intentionally, you know, maybe that's filling the role that she needs to play. Right. So, cause the, the lower decks crew, these lower ranking crew members, they they sort of feel the same way. <laughs> They're like, she's not fun. She's not a fun person. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, so they are on the ship. They decide to stay back. 
during shore leave and they're going to, you know, basically monitor everything. And obviously Noonien Singh is a security chief. So she's making sure everything is, is on the up and up. Uh, they, they catch a couple of ensigns who are in the middle of playing enterprise bingo. Uh, and they're like, what the heck is this game? And they find out that basically, uh, it's something that they do to blow off steam. And it's a bunch of like breaking the rules on the starship, uh, for the sake of fun. And, um, I've never seen a Star Trek show do something like this. It was kind of cool. It was kind of cool to see that they had this game set up, Enterprise Bingo. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it. What did you think of it? Yeah, that was fun. Was that, has that ever appeared in any other series before that you know? I have not seen it. I have not seen anything like that before. Yeah, it definitely fit the vibe of this episode. Like I said, being hijinks and having to check off different things of, uh, you know, kind of pranks and, and different things and competitions between number one and, and La'an. So, yeah, I thought it was um, a fun time. Um, like I said, just kind of fit the overall vibe of this episode. Yeah, it was super light. And mm-hmm. in those light moments, you just kind of get to know the the characters a little bit more. Yeah. And what makes them tick. So it was nice to see more interactions with number one and La'an. So, uh, they had a fun, a fun thing. And they had a really cool moment at the end of the episode Yes, with, uh, basically, are we to assume that they were on like a hollow deck or, I mean, I don't think they were, but when the, how you're talking about when the ship went over them. Yeah. Like, did they have a, was it just a force field that was around them? Yeah. That's what, um, the way I understood it, because at one point she reached out and touched like the edge and it showed okay. what the shield looked like. Um, okay. so yeah, it looked like just a force field, a long force field on top of the ship or right on. Yeah. On the outside of the ship. So they were actually there is what I, I didn't think it was That's a holodeck cool. at all. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So they got to see some cool stuff yep. uh, from space basically. Um, uh, by the way, and uh, uh, Vactor and I were talking about this on our Discord chat, but on the Ready Room uh, after show, they, they were doing like a Star Trek bingo and asking uh, all of the cast various questions. And one of the questions was asking them, have they ever taken uh, something off the set and brought it home? And there was a very telling moment where uh, Christina Chong, who plays... Uh, La'an, she said that she stole a Tribble from the set. And I'm like, I immediately messaged Vactor. I'm like, they haven't shown a Tribble yet. So we know that Tribbles are going to feature at some point in this show. And I mean, I guess it might not be season one. It could be season two. Technically, they're currently filming season two right now. So uh, it could be that. But uh, we know we have some tribbles to look forward to, so that's cool. Yeah, I raised my eyebrow when I, I saw that. I was like, wait a minute, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably the biggest thing of the episode is the body swap between Spock and T'Pring. Uh, shout out to the actress playing T'Pring. She is very pretty and very, very uh, talented as an actress. Now, I will say this. In watching the uh, interview of her um, on the ready room, she's kind of like to bring, 
she <laughs> she was very very reserved mm-hmm. very a little bit stoic uh so to me i was like okay well this makes sense why she got cast she has that same super grounded energy about her so uh so that was really working um but it's them sort of like figuring out where the, how they fit together in a relationship and of course <laughs> uh the freaky friday aspect like you were saying um uh, was such a great way to do that, to put each other in each other's shoes. And uh, I love Star Trek does this all the time. They do parallel stories, very clever writing. Uh, Captain Pike is experiencing the exact same thing. He has to sort of put himself in the, uh, what is their, the alien species are called the Rongovians, the Rongovians. Um, he has to basically put himself in the Rongovian's shoes to help figuring out how to get them to agree to an alliance to join Star to join Starfleet to join the Federation. So um, I shouldn't say to join Starfleet, but to join the Federation. Uh, and so, like, he's basically having to think like the other side, just like Spock and Tapring are having to figure out what is going on in each other's skin that way. So. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Uh, I really liked that. Radical empathy. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, what was your favorite of the storylines of this episode? Was it the, the Spock to Pring or was it one of the, uh, side characters? Uh, definitely the Spock to Pring. And also anytime you have body swap, whether it's a movie or a TV show, the, the most fun is seeing the actor do their impression of the other actor and <laughs> their and um what's his name peck uh ethan peck um mm-hmm. on the ready room was talking about all right so it was spock playing to pring who was also playing spock and it was like he <laughs> he went through all the different things in his mind of how he was playing the character and that just made to me i was i always like seeing the actors do their impersonations of the other actors and they each had their own body language um, where they were acting and Spock, he did a higher voice. He hired his register on his voice um, and she kind of lowered hers a little bit. So yeah, that was my favorite was seeing their interactions as each other. I think um, the body swap in my personal opinion would have worked better from a a comedy standpoint had it been somebody who wasn't like Vulcan to non Vulcan. Oh, right. Like the fact that they were both still Vulcan and the fact like how they interact with each other, very stoic, very um, like their voices don't have a whole lot of inflection one way or another. Mm -hmm. Um, That to me, I was like, Oh, we're still, they're still kind of sound the same, but like imagine how fun it would have been if it was Pike and Spock swapping bodies right and then you've got now spock is has this extra swagger you know about him and like and but pike is now super stoic like i think that would have been fun or you know whatever so like i think about those body swap moments and what would have made it more in leaning into the comedy and that would be something yeah i agree um we also get some nurse chapel stuff she's apparently just doesn't want uh, she wants sex without strings. She, <laughs> she just she just wants to to have fun and 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 you know not label it. You know she doesn't want to label it. 
Um, and so she's on her shore leave. She's pretty much hot and bothered and ready to hook up with uh, this guy that she regularly hooks up with. And he's now writing poetry and <laughs> he wants, he wants to take it Facebook official. <laughs> <laughs> and she's of course freaking out. Uh, and she has a heart to heart with uh, Spock, who's also struggling with the whole to situation. And uh, now tell me if you caught this too, Vactor, but to me, I kind of felt like by the end of the episode, it kind of made it seem like Nurse Chapel's got a thing for Spock. Yeah, well, that even goes back to, if you remember, when they were flirting on the previous episode, when he was about to go out onto the, I think when he was going onto the meteor in the Uhura episode, or it might even even been before that. But yeah, they've been laying the seeds, of they've been planting the seeds for this kind of, almost not like a love triangle, but it seems like maybe he won't end up with T'Pring. Um, but I, I find it funny anytime Chapel's giving him advice on relationships, like she's not, I don't think the relationship expert, she, she's no. not, uh, <laughs> like you said in this one, she's definitely not about being tied down or being a, having a ball and chain. So, I wouldn't take advice from her on having a successful relationship because where's her <laughs> relationship? Right. <laughs> Stick uh, to the scalpel. <laughs> Speaking of someone who sticks to the scalpel, uh, Mbenga, Dr. Mbenga. Man, he's fun. Yeah. I like him on yeah. this show because I feel like every episode he surprises me with something. And, and his whole fly fishing thing, like, yeah. he's... Man, he just, I, I really enjoy him on this show. Um, he's got a fun energy, and I dig it. And uh, I'm always looking forward to more. I'll say this, though. Again, this is another episode where uh, Lieutenant Ortegas is kind of, she's just in the background a little bit. Like, she interacts with Nurse Chapel briefly. They sit, they're sitting at the table together, you know. Um, but... She doesn't have her own stuff. Like I, I, she's the next person I really want to get a deeper dive into. And I know we will this season. I'm sure we will, but, um, she's definitely been chewing the scenery for this first half of the season so far. Yeah. I like her kind of, there's a lot of potential in her character of, like where they could take her. And like you said, I think once we get her backstory and once we get her episode, that's focusing on her, um, just like with, um, and I don't even know her name, uh, the, the crewman with the haircut. That's the, the way that I see her. Um, Oh, that's Ortega. So that's yeah, what I'm talking about. Ortega. Yeah. That's the, um, you, you feel like there's so much bubbling under the surface of there's, this is interesting. Like there's something there, but we just haven't gotten it yet. So yeah, once we get that, the backstory episode, that's when, um, I think, you know, we're, we've, we, we're go- we already love this crew, but once we've really dive deep into each one of their stories, I think we're just going to love them even more. I agree. And I also love shows where you can invest in characters and you know, you don't have to say goodbye to them right away. Like, we might only have five more episodes of the season, but 
we know that we're getting another season and probably more after that. Uh, and so it's nice to be able to lean into the fact that these people aren't going anywhere. Like we'll get to get to know them even better. Their interactions with each other will help inspire relationships that are stronger, uh, better storytelling, things like that. I just, I really, really, really like it. And I love Pike, man. He's, he's quickly becoming one of my favorite captains, uh, for Star Trek on any show. Um, I love the way Anson Mount plays him and, it, it makes me wish I was serving as like on the bridge in whatever capacity, just so I could interact with him on any kind of regular basis. Cause he always makes people feel included. He always makes people feel valued and important and that their opinion matters. And yeah. he does a really great job of, of, of just accessing people's strengths, I think. And, he's a natural leader and that's evident, not just as, uh, as the character he plays, but just as a person in general. So as how he portrays himself in social media and everything else too. So he's all in all Ensign Mount, uh, Captain Pike everywhere, all around, whether he's playing a role or not, he's awesome. Yeah. And I got the same, you know, with Picard, I, I got the same vibes of this is the guy who is supposed to be in charge. He's supposed to be the leader. He's always going to have the right answer. He's always going to win in the end because of his integrity and because of who he is, his intelligence. And I get that same thing with, with Pike. And obviously it's, you know, it's, it's written that way, but the way he, his performance and his charisma, he's the one who is taking what's written on the page and delivering it to us. So it's, I think, perfect synergy between the writers and the actor um, to where you love Pike. And I I still, and I said this before, Shaf, I still get that Chris Pine, Kirk vibe from him. The same way when I was watching those Chris Pine Star Trek movies, like I, I fell in love with the captain, fell in love with that, the his performance. That's the, the exact same thing I'm getting with Anson Mount, where it's like, yeah, you want to be his friend, you want to serve under him, you want to be part of his crew. This oh, is yeah. the exact same thing I get with Anson he's Mount. Just, he's so charming. Like he's a really charming guy. He's got a lot of charisma, and uh, and that certainly is what's like the magnetism is of what's bringing us and 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 kind of drawing us in. But then he just keeps us engaged and entertained uh, by how talented he is a person. Yeah, and. Yeah, I love and, it. And I also got to say, on a previous episode of Technological, I was saying it, it's been hard for me to get into Ethan Peck's Spock because he's only the third person to ever play him. And Leonard Nimoy is iconic. And even I like Zachary Quinto a lot as Spock. This episode, I started in my mind, I started to say, okay, I can see him as Spock. I'm starting to warm up to him. I'm starting to relate to him. I'm starting to like him more. Um, so I think by the end of this season, he's probably going to be like one of my favorite actors and one of my favorite characters in uh, in Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Agreed. And, and since I had the the benefit of, of Discovery season two, uh, and I'm trying to think, was he in season? No, he wasn't in season three. Yeah. Season two, uh, that 
I already I can already accept him in the Let role. me ask you uh, this, Shaw. Yeah. Because as you know, I'm behind on Discovery. Should I skip ahead to the Strange New World cast episodes and then come back? Because I'm on episode I'm on season one of Discovery right now. Should I skip ahead to their episodes and then come back? Or should I just watch it in order? I think you should watch it in order okay. just from for the purity of like the storytelling as intended. Uh, I think you should. And okay. yeah, because and, and those characters are, I'm pretty sure, are pretty prevalent for almost all of season two. So nice. um, so if you're on season one, you know, I don't think you're going to have too much to get through before you get to season two. And I I know season one is not the greatest but it's not bad either. And it does really pick up. Season two is, is vastly superior. Season three changes the game. And season four is, is, is electric. Mm-hmm. Um, See that gives so, me nothing but confidence because I've liked everything I've seen so far. And if this is the worst of it, then I'm excited. Oh yeah, this is uh, season one. Is <laughs> it's funny? It's the worst. Yeah, it's it's the worst of the four seasons, uh, and it, it it literally progressively gets better and okay. better and better. Yeah. It's it's crazy how it gets better, and that makes I'm me like about. so hopeful for season five because it's, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. So uh, so yeah, so that was our discussion of Spock Amok. Um, uh, next week we'll continue with our uh, our episode discussion of, of episode six. I saw the title, but I don't. I didn't write it down, so it's. I know it's a longer title though, um, and I don't know who the the feature of it will be. But we're looking forward to that next week. Um, as as far as any uh, uh, quick life updates you wanted to share, Captain Vactor? Uh nothing new. Although I have been. Like I said earlier, um, we're going to be having another episode of We Love Comics this week, um, which is not normal. We normally just do one episode a week, but with this week and uh, next week, I'm trying to expand the show and get into a little bit more uh, short form videos on TikTok and Instagram reels, and then trying to have more people on. So um, that's kind of been my focus lately is expanding. We love comics and trying to read more comics to then spit out and uh, give, give my thoughts on. So my, my week this week has been kind of filled with we love comics thoughts. Um, Also trying to been, I've also been trying to catch up on a little bit of television with, the Boys season three coming out, and with Strange uh, Stranger Things season four yeah. coming out, so I've been trying to catch up on those as well. <laughs> it's been a lot of TV, a lot of TV to watch, and and Stranger Things is not making it easy with their hour plus episodes. So uh, there's some long, long episodes. They're really good though. I mean, the, the season's excellent. I've got, I think, I'm in the middle of episode five. I got two more after that before the part one is complete. And then part two. Uh, I believe is January, not January, July 1st uh, is when they're going to debut the final two episodes of season four. So, uh, yeah. So looking forward to that. Aren't they each an hour and 20 minutes? 
So the the eighth episode, I think, is a little over an hour. And then the ninth and final episode is two hours and like 15 minutes or something like that. These the, the creators <laughs> must not be dads, Shaw. They must not be uh, dads of <laughs> They're <newborns>. brothers. <laughs> They're definitely brothers. <laughs> um, um, yeah, yeah. No, that's, yeah. Um, for people who want to find you on TikTok or Instagram to, to check out your reels. Yes. Uh, they would find you at Vactor, right? Yes. Um, I am new to TikTok, so I'm not 100% on a lot of the inner workings of it. Um, but I've I've been trying to expand. So, yeah, if, if listeners are interested in any type of comic talk, um, just my last name, V-A-C-T-O-R, you should be able to find me on Instagram and TikTok. Nice. Nice. Uh, as far as life updates for me, honestly, this past week has been a challenge with uh, our, our newish born. Um, and Sage has been a, she's been a handful. She's been a real handful. Um, she's the type of baby right now that she cries kind of, well, she doesn't cry all the time, but when she gets it, like decides that she's upset, you can hold her any way. I'm literally any possible way, whether you're cradling her one direction or the other direction, you have got her on her shoulder, you've got her against your chest. It doesn't matter. She's crying. Uh, you lay her down. She's crying. You put her in a chair or a bassinet or whatever. She's crying. There is no consoling her. She doesn't want a boob. She doesn't want a bottle. <laughs> um, she doesn't have a dirty diaper. Like the, She doesn't have gas. The, there is nothing going on that should cause this, but she's... And so I think she's a little bit colicky. Um, she's definitely much more uh, sensitive and emotional than Emily was. And Emily was pretty sensitive and emotional. Mm. Um, so it's, 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 it's been a challenge. It's been a tough week for us trying to manage that. So, um, I'm tired. I'm freaking tired. I know the so. feeling, Jeff. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, out of my entire 14 month journey so far in, into fatherhood, um, I feel like not being able to verbally communicate is or has been the biggest challenge for me because, like you said, things where so situations where you're not sure exactly what they want and you try everything. Hey, I've given you this. I've given you this. And they're still crying and, and just not being able to ask them, hey, what do you want? What's going on? I think that's been the biggest adjustment mm-hmm. for me and um, challenge as well. But um, definitely my wife is, has always been um, there and I think she's better at reading um, his emotions and his wants more than, than I have been. So I'm glad that, uh, you know, we we're taking this journey together. Oh yeah. Shout out to the moms, man. The moms get it done. Yeah. Moms get it done. <laughs> uh, yeah. Whew. Uh, Sarah is the same way. She's super intuitive and very grounded and, and always stays calm throughout some of the, the crazier moments with, with our, our babies. So, 
I couldn't couldn't possibly do what she does. Uh, so definitely, we're, we're both very lucky to have uh, such awesome wives yeah. and and moms to our kiddos. Uh, so th- yeah, as far as that, that's been my, my week pretty much. Uh, I've been working a bunch. I've been packing up my office, uh, uh, yeah. getting things going in preparation for the move. So, uh, and looking forward to tomorrow. Tomorrow is there's a, there's a Fortnite special event. It's oh, called Collision. Yeah. And, uh, I haven't played Fortnite in weeks, but I am definitely tuning in for that. So hey, let's bring to that. Captain Pike into Fortnite, Shav. Come on, let's get him in there. <laughs> we need a skin. We need some Star Trek skins. Yeah. Why don't they have a Star Trek skin? Yeah, I think it it would have been Discovery. You know, at when at the time Fortnite came out until now, we would have seen more Discovery skins if they did them. But now I think it is the time for Strange New World skins. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be so great, and they could have like an Enterprise. A glider, yeah, yeah, or it, it would probably be a shuttlecraft or something. But whatever it is, it'd be amazing. Oh my gosh, I would love that. <sighs> Why? <laughs> yeah, now I wonder, I'm jonesing for it. Yeah, I wonder if they just don't have the contract or the license. But yeah, they definitely well, need, need some. Trip. Yeah, licensing for Star Trek is really weird because all my life I've wanted Lego and Star Trek to have co-branding, like they do with Star Wars. But it'll never happen. It'll never happen because. Star Trek and Megablocks have some kind of an arrangement. Star Trek and Playmobil have some kind of an arrangement, but not on Lego. And it's like, that's where you would really make the money. Right. Yeah, that is weird. So, but then again, the Playmobil set is $500. So uh, go figure on that. (laughs) Um, But at least there's plenty of of Lego master builders out there that have created their own custom builds of the enterprise and various star Trek ships. So you can always find star uh, Lego sets that are custom built with their own instructions, super affordable online. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah. So thank you so much for listening, uh, fellow Trekkies out there and Trekkers. We appreciate you. Uh, if you are looking to find us on social media, we have an Instagram and Twitter uh, accounts, and that would be found at TrekNoPod, T-R-E-K-N-O-P-O-D. We are part of the Geek, so to speak, podcast network, which features Geek, so to speak, currently on hiatus, the Sandbox Gamers, a video game podcast, We Love Comics, a comic book podcast, and of course, Treknological. Uh, geek, so to speak.com forward slash network. That would be where you can find all details related to our podcast and sister and brother podcasts out there. Uh, of course, if, as we mentioned before, we would love for you to subscribe to our podcast. We know that, uh, Star Trek is, is often something that's shared with the family or shared with friends. So if, if we could give you one bit of homework, it would be share our podcast with somebody. Tell them that you were listening to Technological. You had a lot, of, a lot of fun. We had a lot of good conversations. And, uh, and let us be your source for Star Trek news and entertainment and discussions. We would love that. We're going to continue next week with our ongoing recap and review of Star Trek Strange New Worlds with Episode 6. And with that... Captain Vactor, I believe our mission of the week is complete. Shoff and Vactor here. Two to beam up. Live long and prosper.